Hello and welcome to another episode of Chillin' with Dylan. I'm your host Dylan and I am joined by two very, very awesome people, good friends of mine. We have Guy and Kelly. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yep, good to have you all here. Um, We are back to virtual recordings um, for this particular podcast. these guys are in Auckland, uh, and I am in Wellington for this recording. But anyways, today's topic, uh, it's a very important one to our hearts, I guess. It's about work. And, you know, yeah, it's, so if, if, you're, if you're listening to a podcast or something entertaining, please you know, turn this off now. But our topic is about software versus data. Um, what is the best career choice? Um, out of these two very broad industries and very interesting ones. So I guess um, to start off with, uh, maybe Guy, would you just want to give a rundown of your career thus far and you know what, what you've done um, and why you are talking about this or have the right to? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's a very good question, Dylan. So uh, hi, everybody. My name's Guy. Um, my background is um, coming out of uni. I started as an actual analyst. Um, but then I think after 10 months in, I decided I didn't want to do any more studying. So I switched to do consulting. So now working for a, a major um, professional services company based here in New Zealand. Um, and they have a data uh, practice, which kind of uh, does a lot of consulting to uh, big companies about their data needs. Um, but on top of that, we also, uh, I guess, build some data uh, products, which has some uh, service, uh, oh, software engineering side to it. So, yeah. uh, jack of all trades, master of none is uh, <laughs> my role there. Yeah, welcome to the world of consultancy. <laughs> um, well, for me, actually, I am very similar. Um, since you put, uh, I, I'll just say I am currently doing something very similar to Guy, another um, consulting slash professional services firm. Um, yeah, um, if you want to find out which one it is, you'll just have to listen to my other podcast, uh, <laughs> Startups vs. Corporates. Anyways, um, and yeah, I do data analytics as well um, in a consulting role with other technology solutions that uh, my team and I, we build together for our clients. And now, uh, what else do we have in this mix? Kelly, what do you do? <laughs> And I guess for a bit of background, so I studied something called engineering science at the University of Auckland, um, same with Dylan and Guy, so I guess for those of you who don't know, um, it's very similar to applied math, so rather than deviating away to consulting, I um, decided to stick to that, um, so I've had a career working with cabin crew rostering optimization, so math-based, um, and then dabbled a little bit in being a data analyst. Um, also based in New Zealand, I work for an airline, so <laughs> you can kind of guess um, what sort of company I work for. Um, and then after that, I decided to want to explore something a little bit more technical, so now I work as a software engineer in the same company uh, to take care of our cabin crew and pilots rostering software. So in some sense, coming full circle, but 
in an aviation context? So, yeah, what I'm hearing a lot is we've all done a range of things, a few different types of work. Um, yeah, and uh, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, qualified to talk <laughs> for every single person who's worked in this. Oh, yeah, 100%. We, we are the representatives. Um, but the one thing that um, sets us in common, I guess, um, is that we did study at the same university in the same engineering course, engineering science. We are classmates. So shout oh. out to uh, the University of Auckland Department of Engineering Science for making this podcast possible. <laughs> uh, that was that was nerdy, but um, yes. You're not we wrong, though, be, Dylan. But we wouldn't be here without them, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah. be earning the money to pay rent without my job, without my degree. And yeah, good times, though. Good times. Mm. Um, it's been a couple of years, though, that... Um, we finished university and have gone out into the workforce now, I think. Um, it's been three years, right? Oh, yeah. Crazy how fast I'm just slow by. Fifth year of working now, I think. Yeah, we've um, finished up would have been 2017 or 18. Mm. I mean, some of our last years at university. Um, Guy and I, we did conjoint degrees of commerce as well at mm. Auckland University. Um, so, um, extra yeah. Year of studying. Extra credit. <laughs> Yeah, whether that makes us overqualified or underqualified, or that is you be the up judge. To you. <laughs> as, as a listener, qualified to um, some degree. <laughs> we have, I have two pieces of paper in my family's place right now. It's up on the wall. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, let's just get into it. Um, I think the first thing to start with is just defining what we're talking about. So um, I guess if anyone has ideas or your thoughts, what do you think a software developer slash software engineer does? Um, what a, I guess, Kelly, would you like to start? And I guess you're the closest to it. <laughs> what do you yeah. do? What do people do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I can start. So. Um, my current job title is software engineer. I feel like a lot of what I do is um, software development. So what that means is um, you're creating code stuff. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Simple explanation. Put yeah, that on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> in some sense, uh, when you think of software development, it's like a full um, process in terms of someone says, hey, uh, this thing's broken, or we want to make an improvement. And then so you code stuff to make the change. And then there's like a whole process of like reviewing it, testing it, having a user testing it, and then releasing a feature. Um, like for example, if um, you have Facebook and they want to add a like button, that in itself, I guess, would be like a feature release. So you would have all these developers working in the background. Or like, is that... Works. Or, for example, if Facebook were to change the name to something else, like Meta, they'd like software developers change that on all our platforms. Is yeah. That... Yeah. Yeah. A question. Um, do software developers kind of requ- uh, form up what the, I guess, requirements are for that change? Or are you primarily just within the tech space of, here's what I was tasked to do, and I'm just going to execute it? Or is there no. a bit more soft skills involved to that as well? Hmm. 
normally when you pick up a ticket, there's already requirements mm. described in it. So I would say that a business analyst, a different role, um, would do the analysis of what's required. And then I think there is like a little bit of back and forth in communication and being like, what does this requirement mean? Do you mean mm. this? Do you mean that? So there is a bit of leeway. Okay. I think in terms of development, it's more of the implementation of the requirement. Mm. Um, I guess that's with software engineering, rather than creating code stuff, I guess it's kind of designing how the code stuff interacts. Yeah. So it's a lot mm -hmm. about like, I think Guy probably, you understand bits of it from your whatever data engineering fancy fancy stuff so is this more the systems or like the infrastructure and different types of things i would say so from my yeah. understanding of what our software engineering friends studied in university <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like the i guess the design of the code stuff how it interacts together how um you know you have the i guess software architecture of yeah. things Kind of and, like you and, have the house and like the contents yeah. within the house. So I guess yeah. you're focused more about actually the implementation of this code and this feature and making sure that's uh, running quite optimal um, and just quite, I guess, in that tech space? Yeah, I would say so. Oh, my goodness. Is there, yeah, so, but like, is there often a lot of overlap between those types of work? Or is it? I would say yes. So yeah. I guess as a if you're designing how code interacts with different systems, um, it generally is helpful to have a dev, dev background and understand how the code works. Mm -hmm. Likewise, if you're developing something, having the context of knowing how it fits in a bigger picture also helps you to um, see things with perspective and to like, yeah, you're fulfilling the requirements, but then also kind of putting your common sense hat on and being like, okay, yeah. we've fulfilled this requirement, but then uh, what if XYZ happens? Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I have one last random question. Is it necessary to use a lot of those jargon terms? I've already heard like <laughs> dev and I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, I mean, like, do our, our children of Dylan uh, listeners know, should we go through and define it? Nah, it's not like, <laughs> but I, I do, <laughs> I don't know, like, for some reason I feel like I've heard, a, I hear a lot of terms, like, a lot of like, you know, require, uh, what have we used, requirements and um features and like a lot of them one of the my favorites is scrums and i'm like thinking of a whole bunch of software engineers playing rugby and heads behind other people's butts because i mean i well, think that's it's... more fun than actual actual scrum but <laughs> <laughs> that's just a preference <laughs> for those that don't know i'm yeah, like in new zealand the most common use of scrum is in the of rugby um <laughs> search that up if you don't know but like yeah and and so i mean yeah <laughs> um i guess uh the next thing uh we've talked so much about software what about data like is that um different the same to um software developers like what do data analysts etc do 
Um, Guy, what do you think? Um, yeah, great question. Um, mm. So I think from my view on it, it's very similar, but within the um, environment that is what where data uh, plays specifically. Because what we kind of focus on is how does data, where, where is data being created? How is that moving between platforms? Where does it get stored? And then how is it going to be used moving forward? And so it's not necessarily understanding um, what is the best type of software to use to create that data. It's more about they're using this data already. Um, and then how can we put it into a space where people can access it when they need to or so that there's an integrated platform. And so it's a higher level view of what kind of uh, what the data is in the city, in the company um, that's operating. And yeah, so I think within the sphere of if there are, I guess, business transformations, I think data analysts play a role in understanding, uh, bringing to light what are the data needs um, from different um, businesses and how does it kind of fit all together. Because a lot of times within companies, um, business units operate in silos. Um, yep. But fundamentally, uh, for a company to run well, all the data should be integrated into one place because um, yeah. that's where you can get the most insights. But that's n that's still a work in progress for a lot of companies. Um, and yeah. so that's where we kind of sit. So uh, yeah, uh, data yeah. analyst cool. in a... <laughs> In a nutshell. In a nutshell, yeah. yeah. In a, yeah. Um, I, I was just like thinking, um, you mentioned insights. Okay, like, can you define insights for you? What are insights? It's a magic word. I was a, I, I was also an analyst in a government position before mm -hmm. my current role, but this is a big buzzword, insights that get thrown around. What is an actual insight? What? I guess for me, an insight is the ability to kind of view things to enable better decision-making processes. And for yeah. me, where data plays in that is to be able to use what data you have to generate better logical data-driven decisions rather than something more gut feel. And yeah, that there yeah. is kind of more support or backing or kind of evidence to why you're making those decisions. Um, yeah. And for me, I think I've only ever dealt with like, I guess, advanced analytics. And the most fun part of what we kind of did for that was applying, um, you know, like math concepts. Oh, there was this uh, model that we used to identify. Uh, I guess it was like uh, possible areas of fraud. Um, yeah. I forgot what the, let me just Google it, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway. Pro tip yeah. for any budding data scientist, software engineer, Google is your best friend. <laughs> we are in this intermission. We are not sponsored by Google, but if you don't know what Google is, maybe Google it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, no. Or use Bing. Maybe use Bing. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, Benford's Law was the um, yeah. concept right. we um, applied. And that kind of gave an insight of um, applying that law, which uh, states just about how numbers behave in general and applying it yeah. within um, uh, transactions. Um, and yeah, that with that yeah. in mind, that we were able to kind of possibly identify where fraudulent um, activity could occur. And that for me is like, you know, yeah. generating insights. Um, so essentially the stuff that you did, all the complicated math and stuff that helped, uh, you know, create some sort of change in the real world, people made better decisions, identify fraud, has that yeah. impact, right? Like, so, yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking as well. Insights is a, it's sort of like what causes something to change as a result mm. of the data and all that, what the data analysts and stuff do so that other people can um, decide better on 
important things. Um, yeah, like data by itself is pretty useless. Like if it's not, you know, molded and integrated and all that nice stuff that um, uh, we do um, in the data space, I guess. Um, I, I think for me, I was thinking um, like you can, what, what you do with that as a data analyst, you're basically being a McDonald's, um, you have raw ingredients, that's your like spreadsheets or like your databases. And then you either, um, you're either the server and someone comes up and you're like, give me an insight, please give me a Big Mac insight and you just deliver it to them. Like, all right, I'll make the burger with, yeah, <laughs> and then if, if they don't want to talk, have any human reaction, you create a human interaction, you create like a dashboard and then they go to the self-serve. <laughs> Essentially, we- Great analogy, yeah. I love it. We, yeah. we, we, yeah. we, make, we make the McDonald's self-serve um, or KFC, just to be mm-hmm. inclusive. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they both need um, like software people and data people to make all that stuff work. So next time you're at fast food, think about it <laughs> making lots of burgers yeah I think <laughs> when we talk about data i think uh it's such a it is quite a big uh, buzzword at the moment and uh, yes. when we think about uh, i guess future job prospects you know people are asking like oh i want a job in data but i think working uh where i am now for the past two years i think that's quite a broad i guess industry and there's niche roles within it um there's data scientists and mm. data engineers data analysts they all have slightly different sort of focuses yeah. I guess, in general but often they can also do all all the other areas and even software sometimes like sometimes right yeah, yeah i guess in a sense it's about bridging the gap between technical things and people mm. and yeah. in most of the times with these different roles it's just that your tools are different yep yeah very good summary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then one thing I think yeah. I do uh, recognize is that it's still quite prevalent where then companies where um, business units and uh, technical units are quite in a silo, they don't really talk to each other. So it's hard to kind of get those uh, business requirements where like, they want to do this. It's like, all right, but where's the sort of the back end? They're like, I don't know, it's in this like, um, web form here and click this. I'm like, that's not helpful. Where does it go? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think on that note, like, <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's a big problem in a lot of, not just companies, but government sector and public, private, like all sorts of consulting and, you know, industry, like larger organizations just have that problem. Is, is it maybe because all the technical people in the business side, are they all just making certain assumptions or just have like off, like, you know, off key stereotypes of who they are like that these software people are like this that's why we can't work with them what do you think yeah kelly have you ever been stereotyped as a or as anything, a data analyst or like anything that like i guess is not true but like as just on behalf of your role when people look um i think yes oh, especially okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, not right. say stereotype, but I think um, generally, especially when you work with um, stakeholders that are non-technical, there is a misunderstanding of what your role involves. Um, so, for example, I guess, like as Guy described as a data analyst, your job is to report and to make insights, whereas for some people, they'd just be like, oh, actually, um, 
can you get the data for me? Like, I guess kind of like a librarian telling a librarian, like, oh, can you get that book for me? Sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, um, what do you want for it? It's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, oh, how do I help you? Um, <laughs> or, or it's like you going up to Macca's and telling the like 17 year old, you know, high school student, can you like go out to the farm and bring me some, you know, raw beef? And, and then when they do it, you're like, that's not useful. Why isn't it like edible? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and analogies are like the best thing ever in these fields, I feel. Yeah. Because I do think, though, especially when you bring up, um, I guess, uh, misunderstanding of roles, um, I, I feel like nowadays, especially within businesses, they want to be, you know, new edge and cutting. They want to have a flat structure. So they come up with like these fancy like title names that kind of don't mean anything. And you're like, what is your role? And similarly for <laughs> tech as well. So I, you know, I can see where they're coming from, but also lol. True. Um, there's a lot of buzzwords, yeah. And, and yeah, like in both areas right mm. in terms of the things that people do that no one understands like i love uh it's like things like machine learning and ai and big data like majority of people who do sort of want something from it will probably not have the clearest understanding of what some of that stuff can do mm. um yeah <laughs> but i think on the subject of i guess machine learning and ai and data science field in general um i do think that in when I kind of came out of university, that's where I wanted to go. That's like, you know, the most exciting thing. That's where all these studies about like all these heuristics and like all yes. these fancy stuff they can apply that you can build up from the ground up um, is where I thought I was going to go. But then coming now into work, uh, data, there's so much more to that, like for a company to be able to um, execute that. There's so many more things in the background that needs to occur for that to be enabled. Um, and so I think within my company, we kind of work on three pillars where there's the uh, data strategy and governance route. So it's telling companies, how can we set up our company so that we have the proper governance so, um, to make sure that data is clean, that it's being managed so that people can analyze it. There's the uh, data engineering, which actually builds up all these pipelines to connect the data flows. And then finally, the data science, which is, you know, I guess the more fun part, but I guess you're not restricted to just that um it is quite a wide field and i'm quite sure very similar to uh the software uh space yeah i would say that every role has an important job to have to make like for example um you have the people designing the actual like software architecture of like where things are meant to go and mm. then you have the developers who are more operational side and like actually enabling the things to happen um that being said like within even the software industry i'm sure this buzzword of agile has come <laughs> oh. across in a lot <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you may have heard of it so it's like a way of working that's widely used in the software industry as well and so even in something as like nerdy and IT space, there are some people who are fully dedicated to um, interacting with people and managing workflow. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give a hot take, guys. Have you guys heard of uh, hybrid um, agile? And do you know what that means? No. That for me is the bane of my existence. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, is, is what is hybrid? Hybrid agile is taking waterfall, but putting agile processes on top of it. Uh, so what's a waterfall? 
Um, so waterfall is the traditional ways in how you project manage. So there's a, a deliverable you want to do, and then you have to kind of list out the key um, categories of activities you need to execute to get there. And you have like a number of hours allocated to it to finish this activity, and then the kind of... Oh, um, yes. So if you think about Gantt charts, um, that's a clear uh, example of like a waterfall um, project management style. Whereas Agile is meant to be more of a, let's see how this goes. We kind of want to deliver, it's about delivering an MVP um, and then iter con constantly iterating on making it better, right? Yeah. Whereas a waterfall is more about, we need to deliver it here now, um, and then how can we get that? And so then we need to just essentially just meet the deadline there. Um, so it's two, you know, very two different uh, ethos of working um, and trying to mash that together, which is fun. Yes. Um, uh, by the way, I think I just remember you said MVP, and uh, I think I just want to define for our listeners: it's not the NBA All Star Team or something. <laughs> in in these fields, it means minimum viable product, like. Yeah, I'm just gonna call us out when we start going like too nerdy and like you know. I just I just think yeah, <laughs> no, nah, but mm. like I know what you mean. So like I think in my consultancy firm, it's not the same as guys, by the way. Uh, we do have like it's it's a large one with thousands of people and yeah, like when you do agile over the top of that sort of structure, it creates those sometimes tensions. Um yeah, there is there is um <laughs> Some, some, yeah, difficulties, to say the least, in that approach, yeah. Yeah, because I think bringing back to the whole IT space and how Agile kind of came into being, um, it was good, and I think uh, they see a lot of, I mean, that's how a lot of the tech companies came, like, succeeded, right? Because they were able to apply this yeah. methodology. And nowadays, yeah. a lot of companies are seeing that as a, oh, this is a good ways of working. Let's apply that to everything. Um, yeah. And that's where, for me, is the biggest uh, issue is that sometimes agile isn't meant to apply for uh you know if you want to deliver something in like two weeks don't think agile will work in two days yeah. let's say you are like an engineering consultancy firm or something and you applied agile to the construction of a bridge like, <laughs> you know thousands of times i might tell the ceo that's not a good idea just saying that, you yeah. Know, yeah. i mean hey the MVP could be build it out of um, the lollipop sticks, which is what we did. <laughs> yes. first year. Try that Classic one first. first year engineering. <laughs> yeah. That will definitely apply. Like, once you got the MVP, you can scale it a thousand. Exactly. You know? good, right? That's how, that's how physics works. Mine was able to carry 20 kgs worth. And so I think, you know, that's a good starting point. That's half a person. <laughs> I remember my uh, popsicle stick bridge broke on the first weights in that challenge. We were so sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and that's a good idea. I think, like, yeah, it's true that I think Agile can't necessarily be applied for everything. Um, but I think there are some areas that you could probably apply it to and it can uh, bring great dividends. Um, yeah, not all areas. Like, for example, um, recently at my um, organization, we, I worked on, like, a bit of a video project where we were just producing, like, a promotional video with, like, lots of shots and stuff and we did daily stand-ups and had scrum you know like processes for you know like a complex process like that and and it does i think yeah it can be used for certain things so worked out yeah. pretty well for us i find that especially in like the data and software space where 
as you mentioned before, Dylan, how there's so much jargon, it's completely a com new language that you have to pick up. Um, most of the times, it's mindful to just ask, like, uh, like what do you mean by that? I mean, yes. it's, it's always such a lifelong journey of like learning what acronyms mean and what people are actually trying to do or say when they say a specific phrase. Um, mm. Yeah. But once you understand the context behind it, like, it's good to know, oh, okay, you're trying to do ABC when you say yeah. a certain thing. I agree. And yeah. I, I do think if when you first start your career, I think the biggest lesson for me is that don't be afraid to ask like questions because I feel like everyone comes from a different background. And for me, I never had any software dev experience. And so when I came into some uh, engagements or projects, they were like, oh, put in the prod environment and then uh, <laughs> test environment and then prod. I'm like, what are those environments? And why do you <laughs> I had the exact same <laughs> problem. Yeah. <it's... laughs> yeah. Can't we test it in What do you mean? <laughs> in, in that sense, yeah. You know, like, it, like especially software sometimes, like, it can be very hard to get it, like, you know, within it. Like, can feel more exclusive than a lot of other areas if you don't know every single jargon piece or anything. But um, it is up to both sides, one side to ask and the other side to answer. You know, those who know to share and in that way I guess that's the best way forward mm. um yeah <laughs> I, I guess switching things up a bit like what do you do on your daily daily I guess BAU Dylan um what's your role like and you oh. know if people wanted to uh see if they want a career in that what you know what should they expect um at the moment I do like a whole bunch of stuff in terms of digital technologies mixed with data analytics so it could be building uh, dashboards on power bi for, and um and then sorting out like uh tech infrastructure with like uh our clients data sets and stuff to make that all possible um and i think i technically have done a little bit of software dev work as well um writing code for products not an entire you know um app, but like little bits that people um will then use so um if you want a bit of everything you can uh you know hit me up and uh, i'll let you know if we got stuff available <laughs> i guess what's been the most um memorable or what do you enjoy the most out of the role that you've done so far hmm. um and you can I think, think your answer in advance, Kelly. The question's coming to you next. Oh, <laughs> oh this, is, this is harder than a job interview. Um, cool. Now, I, what I really like about um, data analysis um, in that sense is just seeing the result. Like, there's, there's a whole lot of work, um, firstly, to get to the end insights bit. But just seeing, you know, the insights in the hands or minds of others that you've delivered it to, someone who's commissioned it to you, that's quite satisfying. Um, when people are learning um, something new because you sort of walk them over like some graphs that you made and and you sort of explain what they, they, that means um, or they just look at, you know, um, yeah, the stuff you've sent them and they figure stuff out on their own and they're making better decisions, making every day better um, as a result of, um, yeah my work so that's quite satisfying it's the impact you know on the real world and how it changes um decisions for the better that's essentially my answer mm, great answer um kelly how are yeah. you i would First agree thing. with dylan as well i think you know like knowing the why behind what you do mm. is really rewarding especially i guess 
um, you know, like, not say making something out of nothing, but when you're dealing with data, it's just like, gobbledygook of numbers. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so ones and zeros? Yeah, just like, yeah. and, you know, like, finding patterns in it, finding insights, or even just, like, implementing a small change in this um, legacy of code that affects um, the strategy of a whole department or even like thousands of cabin crew, that's something like that's pretty special, you know? Mm. I, I guess as the meme once said, they ain't much, but it's humble work. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, and, and it's nice to know that um, when you know your own strengths and when you know like what you enjoy, even if it means like how you, you can play your personality to your strengths, there is a wide range available in like data and software engineering so like there's mm. like a whole spectrum from people facing to more technical operational or if you want to be like a subject matter expert just kind of consulting or if you want to work in a team of like-minded people you know I think having that freedom to explore and to understand what these different roles would entail is also quite exciting as well mm. yeah. and I think one thing I just want to mention, sometimes actually being in the software industry or even data, like, yeah, um, sometimes you, I think some people assume that you need to be really pro at coding. Um, and often most people have, like, the basics. Um, some roles require even nothing, even in, like, say, you know, I think, like, product managers and stuff like you probably don't really need too much um but you're still in the software industry possibly mm. um and yeah like yeah um there's a lot of people skills basically which is contradictory to what many people think for the industry um, yeah and i do yeah. think that now in today's environments you can't necessarily go without having that i guess people skills because um, fundamentally how to make good code is to be able to explain to other people, you know? There's always this uh, <laughs> mind trap where everyone goes, it's like, oh, my code is self-documenting. Which <laughs> oh, it never is. <laughs> reminds me of the time, like, back in uni, where you literally work in teams and you read the code and there'll be zero comments in it. And I'm like, this is nasty. Like, communication <laughs> is key, guys. Mm. Especially when you're working in teams to solve problems, and these mm. problems can be quite big and complex. Yeah. Um. I think what people, I guess, one misconception that people have is that just because you're working with like a black screen or lots of numbers or things that doesn't look like, um, common English, means that you can get away with not having to explain what you're doing. Mm. In in some sense, it makes it more important to communicate, understand, and. Yeah. Because yeah, I do think um, that, like, with that, like, when you hand over your work, there's always that aspect to things and someone else has to pick it up. Um, and that communication process, although you can you know, get it by, like, working your, let's say, 20 years into the job just coding away, someone else has to pick that up. And if you can't, you know, I mean, there's also times when you write code and then two weeks later when you pick up the same code, you're confused as to what you're trying to do in the first place. Yeah, like say after like annual break, you mm. know, Christmas and New Year's, you're just like, what is this <laughs> jumble that I did just two or three weeks ago? Yeah, I think of it as like empowering people because it's like, say, if 
guy is a great coder and he's like good at what he does and he's able to pass that knowledge <laughs> able sure. to pass that questionable knowledge on to other people <laughs> yeah, um, so, you're like yeah. yeah you're growing people to code more like guy then you have multiple coders that are exactly. like guy <laughs> many, i don't think that's a good thing <laughs> yes then mm-hmm. i think it's basically the thing of every bit of uh, code every um sort of table and cell of data it can have an impact on people and if you are um you know you know very proactive and helpful respectful and you know um great with the communication it can do a lot um yeah basically every word you say and every word you code every one and zero all adds together to build a better working world for everyone around you Right, guys? Yes, very much so, Dylan. Um, I guess going back to this uh, idea of stereotypes, um, now we've kind of delved into, um, you know, tech people kind of being assumed as quite just doing their own work, don't really, aren't very communicative. Is Has that been experienced in your companies or has that evolved? Um, I think mostly not. Um, but there are, like, usually it's, like, one or two examples of, people who tend to work outside of that sort of expectation um but in the whole for me now about you Kelly um I would say that I strongly believed in this stereotype so (laughs) um, I guess one thing I thought of when I was studying like all of these like I I get like stats and IT stuff is like uh surely if I become like nerdy enough I can just like do my own nerdy thing and not have to talk to people and I feel be sweet whereas mm. in reality when you're working in a company I'm not sure if I truly understood the concept of a company but there's thousands of people there and like, you're working in teams and that's how you like create good solutions right mm. so you're, like piling together all your information and sometimes yeah. like when you have working with people it's not like one plus one equals two it's like one plus one equals like ten yes exponential growth exponential results um yeah Uh, Yeah. i think just talking to people you know and work and outside of work and engaging is cool Um, yeah so i guess for me it was about breaking their own stereotype for myself as well like talking to people and be like hey this is what I got what do you think of it do you have any ideas and then they'll like suggest something you're like oh and you can like work on it together and come up with something that maybe you haven't even thought about before Mm. a lot of satisfaction from working in good teams and talking to good people yeah so um I I was just wondering um one further question um it's just sort of about the industries as a whole. Um, you guys have any thoughts on the software industry or the data industry, uh, whether it's, you know, looking good right now uh, for people who want to work there and, you know, what the future might be like. Is there potential? Is there is, is one of them on the downfall soon enough? What do you guys think for people who are considering entering at this stage? Um, I think in within the digital market, especially and the role within data, um, it's still uh, new, um, and I think it's still quite emerging in its current space. Um, although you know everyone says the big data has been around for quite a while, New Zealand's been quite slow to adapt. Adapt and you know movement to change is still ongoing, and I do think it's an exciting time 
for people who want to be in that space to get involved. Um, although it might take a while for uh, the uh, industry to catch up to um, what other companies like you know the Microsofts and Googles all the way at America are doing. Um, it uh, it's good to know, I guess, how it works holistically, um, and you can know, you can call, always look and see what they're doing, and you know better improve it, which is always pretty good. So, I think the prospects within the data space is quite uh, good, um, and there's plenty of different roles for you to get behind on. You don't always just need to be the coder or someone who knows you know statistics or like ML in the theory space um, to get behind it. Um, one job that I've kind of have recently done is a data strategy and governance piece around um, how companies should run um, and kind of this is an entire data ownership idea that needs to be prevailed that's not really taken on board and I think that's a, an exciting space to be in. Uh, merging the two, talking and then not so talking parts together. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about software? What's up there? <laughs> From what I've heard down the grapevine, um, I think there's a shortage of people in the software. Um, I'm not sure if this is propagated because of the pandemic, and so there's like a less movement of people. But I would say that there's always um, demand in this space, especially with things moving at the rate that they are, and like people wanting to develop new things and try new features out with lots of changes happening because of COVID as well. Um, that being said, I think New Zealand is quite an interesting space in the such that we do have a lot of startup companies and software, or like medium-sized companies, and there's a huge spirit of innovation and terms of developing new software and so you may not necessarily work in a big company but there is some pretty cool stuff out there especially i heard in wellington is like a big tech yeah. hub is that true there's, there's quite a bit of a scene here um personally haven't really been part of it but i've heard a few people who've um yeah been in that community um yeah auckland wellington um you can go all over um, even small towns in the middle of nowhere in the country because for both of these types of roles, you can probably work remotely um, mm. if you really want, but um, some people do work 100% you know, from home. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess the one last thing I think everyone is probably dying to know uh, from this podcast uh what would you give as you know like a piece of wisdom for anyone who's considering let's say you know your typical university student who's not 100 percent sure what they're going to go into um what do they need to know before embarking on this wild and treacherous journey and your respective careers <laughs> should i start Good. yeah kick it off kelly yeah um I guess data and software alike, things are changing. And I guess with the rate that internet is going at, like there's lots of information out there to pick up. So I guess sometimes it is overwhelming knowing where to start. Um, if you're a grad or a university student thinking about job prospects, one thing I like to do sometimes is to go and seek and just look at all the jobs and they will have like a list of skills that you need. So it's a good way to see what the industry is looking for in terms of skill sets. And then just 
going on Google and being like, what is this, this skill? What do I need to do? And maybe like pick up a thing or two. Um, yeah, otherwise knowing what your skill sets are is also important and how you can sell yourself. Um, and at the rate that things are moving, I think having an open mind to learn things is very important as well. Uh, one thing to emotionally prepare yourself for is say if I am really, really good at this skill and then it becomes redundant within like the next three years, um, have I learned any transferable skills that I can use to pick up a new skill? Like for example, your critical thinking skills, that's quite transferable or even like your, pers your people skills. Yeah, I'll jump on the back of that. So I think keeping an open mind um, is one of my Eric's advice, because I do think that coming out of university, job hunting is a pain. Um, no one enjoys that experience. Um, but also, uh, don't go into, I guess, the new role or new jobs you have with, I guess, uh, set expectations of this is what I expect it to be, because it's never going to be like that. Um, I think there's a lot more experiences that, um, that will come to you that you don't even, uh, you know, expect. And if you are to, I guess, broaden your horizons, kind of take that for what it is, um, you can get a lot more out of it. Um, so yeah, don't, I mean, it's good to have a vision and drive to where you want to be, but also don't close out any other experiences that may come your way. Um, yeah. I, I completely agree, Guy. Um, I was going to say something sort of similar, but different. Yeah, um, for me, I think the biggest piece of advice is probably to obviously, you know, build up some technical skills, maybe a suite or like become more specialized at something. But that's not the main thing, I think. Um, that is important. But I think on top of that, uh, it is really helpful if you also build other interests on top of that so completely outside of the tech sort of sector um anything really like arts or you know like sort of um sports travel or just i think it's like podcasting, when you have a, yeah, podcasting um no like when you have like a wider view of the world more open-minded you can create better um products and services and you know provide a better experience to the people that you'll be talking to um like yeah anything when you have that knowledge of the world that you're analyzing you know as a data analyst you can bring that unique perspective so that it's not just the same thing as any other data analyst is doing um you're putting these things through spreadsheets and dashboards and stuff you have that unique twist that can give you an edge and same with software i imagine uh you know i guess um you can build your own crazy app on whatever you're interested in <laughs> i don't know and figuring yeah. out what's next yeah well, <laughs> it, it is exciting times indeed that's all i think i will leave you guys with um who knows what the future will bring who knows if any of us we will stay in the current roles that we have we might switch to the other side or be completely different but anyways um yeah but just keep an open mind and continue listening to chillin with dylan podcast my final recommendation <laughs> there'll be more great um career focused podcasts as well as a lot of other entertaining um and enjoyable uh, podcasts of other genres so yeah um Thanks so much uh, for listening in uh, for you, the viewers. We hope you've enjoyed 
the podcast today. You have listened to another episode of Chillin' with Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out.